0: I'm Nigel Flynn and this is my story of how my life was turned upside down by a brain injury four years ago. I will tell you how I've been getting on with that and how it wasn't the best brainwave I ever had. Episode 9, Dream Baby Dream. I was put in the end bed in the big ward. The ward had room for eight men but was only occupied by five. This was to be my home for a while, three months I think in the end, and I got to know it pretty well. When I think back on my time in hospital, it was usually from the perspective of that corner bed. To my right was a pleasant older guy called John Halford. We talked occasionally and he explained that his greatest concern was that his cancer treatment had been put on hold while his brain injury was being treated. It must have been very depressing for him to think that the best he could hope for was to recover from one illness only to resume another. His family visited him regularly and I could hear them talk at length about his property portfolio and his will. He confided in me that they didn't know about his yacht and if he ever got out he was going off sailing and to hell with a lot of them. I rarely had any visitors. Occasionally my mother would fly over from Northern Ireland and very occasionally my wife would get a lift across the city with her consultant boyfriend. Next to John was an empty bed and beside that was the nurse's station. On the opposite side of the room were five beds and two of them seemed to be occupied by long-term inmates who had installed a number of home comforts to make their lives more bearable. The guy furthest away from me was a huge fat guy with a special bed and a very agitated wife who visited him every day for a row it seemed. He never got out of that bed nor did the younger guy beside him who was surrounded by more home comforts, mostly football memorabilia. He was the keeper of the communal shaving mirror and clearly a favourite with the nurses. I had noticed that Scottish nurses seemed to like their football and not being a football fan myself we rarely spoke but he did eventually allow me to borrow the shaving mirror. The next guy was Bed was normally empty, except for one memorable night. The next one along contained a guy who was permanently prone and so I never saw his face. Judging by the number of tubes emerging from his body, he must have been very ill or very leaky. He would have often asked whether he could go home and the nursing staff would placate him with false promises that they would ask the doctor during his next ward round. When the doctor did arrive at his bed during the next ward round, always ended up in a shouting match. When you deny hope to a dying man and he eventually realises it, it's never going to end very well. Continuing clockwise and to the right of the prone, hopeless colander was the young family man directly opposite my bed. He was a nice guy, but had very little control of his movements. His arms and legs would often flail about pointlessly and he would be restrained in his bed for his own safety. He couldn't talk but made noises that his frequent visitors seemed to understand. His visitors included an older woman who I assumed to be his mother and a younger woman with a female child. I assumed these to be his wife and daughter. I also assumed that the older woman was someone employed at a senior level in the NHS. You could always tell when her visit was imminent as the ward was cleaned and tidied way beyond the normal standards of cleanliness. The nursing team would pregnantly curtsy when Madam came in. I think I upset everyone when I spoke to Madam one day. It annoyed me how she often afforded, was often afforded this preferential treatment and how during her visits she rarely spoke to her son but sat at his bedside and studied her mobile phone intently and ignored him. Well, that's what I thought anyway. So one day I decided on some affirmative action and shouted over to her to suggest that she should shove her phone where the sun doesn't shine and actually speak to her son. She politely complied, but only as far as conversation was concerned. His other visitor, whom I had assumed to be his young wife and daughter, would visit every day and talk together intently, then his wife would often turn her head away and cry. This has been my own production on Anchor. All rights and permissions are reserved by Nigel Flynn Media. A written version of all 35 episodes is available in print via Amazon. I'd like to thank Mel McCart for letting me use his original music, Paddy McGill for helping me with the graphics, and Eliane Raub for giving me the original idea. You can find me on Twitter on at Nigel underscore Flynn.